You are listening to the Fancy Free Podcast, where my girlfriends and I tell our most embarrassing, funny stories so that we all feel less alone in our imperfections and forge connection through vulnerability and humor. I'm your host, Joanne Jarrett, and today I have with me a new girlfriend who I met on LinkedIn. This is my first LinkedIn connection that I've interviewed for you guys, but I saw a post by Katherine Nichols, today's guest. And it just struck me. And I right away messaged her and said, I just want to talk to you and interview you for my podcast. Catherine is an ovarian cancer survivor, and she has been for four years now. She was 32 when she was diagnosed and a mother to her son who was three and daughter who was eight months old. She self-diagnosed and was her own advocate for her health. The health system has so many pockets that can fail a person, and she's a big believer and the fact that we have to ask questions and keep asking until we're satisfied in the responses. She is a cradle Catholic and a big believer that God gives us trials, and it's up to us to take his hand and walk through the fire. Yes, we will be in pain and suffer, but the end reward will be so very much worth it. God has a plan to use each one of us to touch other people's lives if we just trust in him. Catherine, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you, Joanne. I appreciate it. Yeah. That intro just says so much about you and your life, and it's so amazing. I have a million questions, but first, fill in the blanks. What did I miss about who you are and what you do? A lot of that was covered. I am a big family person, so I am one of three daughters. My Mm. father recently passed away, passed away September 30th. He had a very long bout with Parkinson's and Lewy body dementia. And I actually was one of his main caretakers alongside my mother. So that's one thing that a lot of people don't know about me. But other than that, I'm usually a very positive, happy, happy person. I love laughing. I love playing with my kids. I love doing all the things that typical parents love to do. And at the root of that, I love helping people. So that's me in a nutshell. Awesome. Let's start with the rapid fire questions. Get to know you a little bit better. What is your superpower? Oh, so I thought about this long and hard. I even asked my seven-year-old son. (laughs) He even told me, he's like, mom, I would want to be able to fly and move wherever I wanted to move. And that kind of was similar to what I was thinking. I would like to be able to kind of just blink and be able to be like, I dream of Janie and just appear wherever I wanted to, but not just in real life, but also jump time and be like, okay, I want to go meet Jesus, or I want to go to the Holocaust or the Great Wall of China Mm -hmm. when it was built, or whatever it may be. Yes, I would love that too. Okay, who's the funniest person you know? Ooh, I have two. One is my little sister. She's five years my junior, and she is very funny. We'll text each other and start a random story, almost like a comic strip. And we'll just go back and forth for days. And my husband completely doesn't understand it at all. We're on our own <laughs> level. We call them hippo panda moments. And then the second one is actually a girlfriend that I've had since high school. And she is easily the absolute funniest person I've ever met. She's incredibly witty and just quick to humor. And she should honestly have her own comic on Netflix because she's that funny. <laughs> I love it. Those are my two favorites. Awesome. Do you name your cars? Oh, yes. So what's so funny is that I just got this car and I have an SUV Mercedes and I don't know what the type is, but my husband gifted to me last November for my Christmas present. And she just seemed to me like an Alice. Like if she had any kind of personality, it would be British. And so I really wish that she spoke instead of just a normal English accent. Like I really wanted it to be a British accent. (laughs) 
Can you make your nav a, a British woman? I don't know if that's a thing, but if it is, I oh, need to find thing. out how. <laughs> you got to figure it out. Yeah. If you knew you could not fail, what would you do? I would write. And I actually am in the process of writing a book right now. I've always wanted to write since I was in elementary. I would write stories for my peers. I would use them as the characters in my stories. I am constantly jotting things down in my notes, whether I'm on the plane or I'm walking my dog or I'm just talking to my kids and my son says something funny. I'm like, oh, that would be a really cute character for a story. And then I'll jot it down. So if I could do anything and 100% not fail, it would be that. Okay. Have you read The Friend Zone and The Happy Ever After Playlist by Abby Jimenez? No, I haven't. Oh my gosh, you have to read them right away. They're romantic comedies. She was my guest in episode 40. These books. So she was one of the Cupcake Wars champions and she owns Nadia Cakes. So she's a baker and she's self-taught. Well, she's also an author and she just wrote these books. They're bestsellers. It's not like it was easy for her, but what you said reminded me of what she said was like just always in her head and she's always kind of working on a story in the subconscious and thinking about characters Mm -hmm. and just different dialogue. And they're a little bit gritty and the language is a little bit salty. So if you can't tolerate a sex scene in what you read or some F-bombs in what you read, then they're not your type of book. I would definitely check him out. That piques my interest 100%. Oh my gosh. You got to look her up. That'll be a fun rabbit trail for you if ever you have time. (laughs) And I will definitely be going down that rabbit trail today. Yeah. Good. Awesome. Okay. (laughs) Well, as you know, the point of this podcast is to tell our not so fancy stories so our listeners don't feel so alone. And I would even venture to say to start a movement where it's commonplace that we share these stories because I think they are so important in creating genuine connection. Your story has to do with your bout with cancer. I have a couple questions about that, and then we'll go into your not-so-fancy story. First of all, as a retired family physician, I think ovarian cancer is the number one thing that terrified me the most because it shows up young unexpected, it's hard to diagnose, and the patients who have it initially look totally healthy. And Mm -hmm. it's terrifying. And there's not a great way, at least, okay, I've been out of medicine for 15 years. But back when I was practicing, there was not a really good way to screen for it. And unless there was a big mass, you're probably going to miss it on bimanual exam. There are, you know, serum markers now, but you have to wonder Mm -hmm. if that's it and check for them. Once things get a little further advanced, if there's abdominal distension, then you have more of an idea. But from a doctor's perspective, it's always was a terrifying thing in the back of my head. So therefore, I did a lot of ruling out ovarian cancer. I never diagnosed it, but I ruled it out a lot. I feel for you because you had to advocate so strongly for yourself and the diagnosis didn't come easy, but I also kind of feel for your doctors because it's so terrifying to think about missing that or diagnosing Mm -hmm. it late. So Mm -hmm. can you just give us a little background about sort of how that went down? Okay. Well, I had just had my daughter. She was born in October of 2015 and she was born healthy and fine. And as the months progressed, as a new mother would, I start to get really tired And I just would brush it off. Okay, now I have two kids now. Now I'm like a typical mom running around ragged. And then January came, still feeling kind of weird. February came. Okay, now I'm getting chills. I'm cold Mm. all the time. I'm even more tired. I am full every time I eat, maybe a couple bites. Oh, wow. I had that distension in my belly, Mm -hmm. pain intercourse. I could already tell I had a cyst because I had numerous ones before. So I knew that feeling that shooting pain down my leg, pain in the back. 
I just knew something was wrong. And honestly, I would tell my sisters or my husband and be like, something's wrong. I think I really do have ovarian cancer. And honestly, like people would legit laugh at me. Like, there's no way you're 32 years old. You're 100% fine. You run a few miles a day. You eat well. You're happy and hyper all the time. But at the end of the day, like I still had that nagging feeling like something's wrong. And so mm-hmm. I researched and read forum after forum of people saying, okay, well, I'm young and it happened to me. If you really want to get tested, book an appointment with your gynecologist and request a CA-125, yep. the cancer marker that they can kind of tell whether or not there's something happening in your body. And so I did that. I told my husband, I'm making the appointment. So that, you know, I ended up going to the appointment. And I walk in and the nurse is like, well, what, you know, what can I do for you today? What'd you come in for? And I was like, well, I know I have a cyst, so I need an ultrasound done. And I also request a CO125 because I think I have cancer. And she just stopped, looked at me, kind of heckled me and was like, you know, there's, how do you have cancer? You're 32. And she's like, well, let me ask the doctor. So she goes and asks the doctor, the doctor, I guess has probably seen it before. So she humored her and said, okay, go ahead and do the ultrasound. So she does the ultrasound, finds a 10 centimeter cyst. Mm. And then after that, they do the, the blood marker. Well, the gynecologist told me, wait, I want to be able to tell you right away whether or not there's something there. And so they send me in this back room where I'm sitting down and I'm all by myself and it's freezing cold. And I felt like I was in there for hours. Wow. It's probably only like 45 minutes. Yes. And she comes in. She was able to get the result that fast of the CA-125? They have where they can do it in their office. You're kidding. This is advanced. Yes. This specific office had it. Thankfully, I don't know, maybe God was somewhere working in the background there. She came in and she looked at me and she sits down and she puts her hand on my knee, all gentle, kind of like out of the movies and says, well, your marker's kind of high. And I was like, well, what do you mean by kind of high? Because I had read before, you know, anywhere between one and 35 is usually normal. Well, she goes, for you, it's kind of high for your age. It was a, I think it was only a 33 or a 34. It wasn't even outside the standard Mm. range, Mm -hmm. but she goes, because of your symptoms, all matching ovarian cancer. And because it is higher, let's go ahead and have you go see an oncologist. And I was like, Oh, great. So they referred me to MD Anderson, because I am here in Houston. And then we went ahead and booked the appointment. When I went to go see her with my husband, the first time she's like, you know, honestly, your cyst has to come out. But I would be more confident knowing that I did it in the removal of it, just in case there is something there, we don't want it to rupture, we don't want anything to spread. I want to be able to biopsy it immediately. And so we ended up booking for her to go ahead and take that cyst out. At this point, it's honestly already June. (laughs) Months have gone by. And so June was my surgery. We went in, they removed it. They ended up finding that I had growth happening on my ovaries. So they removed um, my ovaries on the right side. They ended up having to remove my appendix. They removed my gallbladder. They ended up keeping the other side because she didn't see that it was tainted in any way. And they came back and told my husband and I that they were going to biopsy. Well, in the meantime, we had a trip that was scheduled to go to Montana to go to Yellowstone National Park. So she said, keep it. You need to keep positive just in case something's wrong. So we go and she's trying to call me while I'm there, but I'm in the mountain. So I can't pick up. I just see the missed cause and I am freaking out. I'm just like call after call. So 
three or four days later, we end up coming home and I have an immediate appointment booked with them. And so I go with my mother and we're sitting there in the office and she's all happy, positive. It's going to be okay. You're going to be fine. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Something's wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so the doctor comes in and she looks at me and she's like, I'm so sorry, but I have to tell you, you have cancer. You have clear cell papillary cancer. Only 5% of people diagnosed with ovarian cancer have this type of cancer. It's very aggressive. And so Mm. we need to act quickly. You need to do six rounds of chemo and we need to finish up doing the hysterectomy right afterwards. And so all of a sudden my life just snowballed. Wow. So you did six rounds of chemo and you had to go back Mm -hmm. and get your uterus removed and your other ovary and probably some pelvic lymph nodes after? Yes, I'm completely gutted. Let me tell my listeners a little bit about the post. I wish I had it pulled up, but I don't. I don't even scroll LinkedIn. It just popped up. The only reason I open LinkedIn is to get rid of those dumb red circles because I'm like, I know LinkedIn. (laughs) Somebody wants to think be my stupid thing, you know. I don't know. And I just I probably need to figure out how to be better about LinkedIn. But honestly, the only reason I open it is to get rid of those circles. But then I saw a picture of your face, or I think it was your face. And your post said something about how you had survived six months of chemotherapy for ovarian cancer, worked the entire time, and none of your clients even knew. And I was like, mm-hmm. what? It's so incredible. So tell me about the journey of chemotherapy, what you were doing for a living, and how you were able to do all that simultaneously. Chemo was hard as it would typically be, but thankfully I have to be busy all the time, just period. And so Mm. I just decided, okay, we're just going to keep on like things are normal for my three-year-old and my little girl. And we're just going to move forward and look forward. I have my own recruiting company, so I do everything virtual. So I had a couple clients that I was meeting with throughout the time and they were constantly giving work and nobody ever knew. I would go to chemo sessions with my sisters. We would call them chemo parties. They would come hang out and I would set up my shop and I would make phone calls from there and do everything that I needed to do during chemo because you're there for five or six hours. And so I worked the entire time and it worked out perfectly for me. It actually kind of motivated me to kind of keep going, if that makes any sense. Wow. Yeah, it was it was something else for you to focus your mind on. That's, wow, incredible. 100%. This episode is brought to you by the Family Personalities Podcast. Family Personalities is a podcast about families, relationships, parenting, and personality type. Sandra is a family type practitioner certified in Myers-Briggs personality type for both adults and children. She uses her training and experience in working with families to bring listeners a relevant and helpful personality type related topic each week. M, her co-host, is a mom, lawyer, accidental politician, and personality type enthusiast. Keeping it fun and sometimes a bit nerdy, they explore how Myers-Briggs, Enneagram, and other personality type models can help change the way you see your family. And you guys, Sandra does family consultations over Zoom and helps families identify all of the personality types that they are dealing with and sort of outlines potential interaction struggles due to those personality types and kind of highlights some areas where families can really work to improve communication and understanding. And I will tell you, if my husband was willing, we would be signing up with Sandra so fast your head would spin. I eat this stuff up. I have been binging this podcast the last couple of days because I'd gotten a little bit behind on it. And my favorite that I have listened to most recently is episode number 21, Introversion versus Extroversion in Kids. 
And you would think that everybody knows what this means, and it's very obvious from child to child. But Sandra brings up some definite intricacies, and she really helps tease out what to look for in kids where their parents really kind of aren't sure whether they're introverts or extroverts. They seem like introverts in this situation and extroverts in a different type of situation. And she's really good at explaining how those different things indicate different pieces of that. But there is still an overarching preference for introversion or extroversion. And as I was listening to the episode, I was thinking about one of my children, because I've always kind of thought I knew for sure what their preference was on this particular pair. But Sandra had me questioning, as is appropriate, especially one of them, but she brought me full circle. And by the end, I was sure again, But I just loved having gone through that process because it is complicated and these things are somewhat nuanced. But when you have an expert to lead you through the analysis, it's so neat. It's so helpful. Join me in listening to the Family Personalities podcast. You can hear it anywhere podcasts are found. And Sandra and Em are such a fun pair. You feel like you've had time with girlfriends after you listen, but you also feel like your knowledge level has notched up one, which is just a win-win. So check out Family Personalities Podcast, and I will link to it in the show notes. So they told me that I have almost a 40% chance of it reoccurring, but because of my age, because of my, um, I guess, my ethnicity, and because I am, you know, healthy, I run, I eat well, that my chances of survival were higher. So they gave me a 75% survival rate which I'll take. (laughs) Yeah, wow. (laughs) And that sounds scary. But for ovarian cancer, that's really excellent. Ovarian cancer Mm -hmm. and pancreatic cancer are both like, I guess I should say that those both are completely terrifying to doctors because they come out of the blue and young, healthy people and are pretty devastating diagnoses. So awesome. Well, I'm so happy to hear that. Thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah. All right. So what, what not so fancy moment do you have to tell us about in regards to your chemotherapy? While I was working, I had wigs because I completely lost all of my hair everywhere on my body. There was nothing. It was nice because I didn't have to shave or wax or any of that. But on the flip side, (laughs) I was like, I don't have any hair. My head's cold. (laughs) Exactly. And I had those beanies, which were annoying in itself. But um, I had wigs. I had, oh my gosh, I can't tell you how many wigs. All different colors and shapes and shades. And when I would go drop off my kids, I would see moms looking at me like, was it? just down to her waist and now it's really short and bob like what's happening but I had a meeting that was set up with a brand new client and I was so nervous because I had absolutely no hair I had a drawn on my eyebrows and I told my husband they're gonna know it's gonna be weird I'm gonna be sitting there they're gonna be staring at my head and this was an in-person interview or like a zoom interview it was an in-person meeting to broker a new client a new deal and so I had to meet with three gentlemen so I'm in the office and we're chit-chatting and I tried really hard to curl my wig and make it look good and <laughs> in the middle of the conversation, the president of the company looks at me and he's like, I just wanted to let you know, your hair looks really pretty today. Like, it looks really oh. nice. And I'm like, vomit of the mouth. I just go, it's a wig. And then <laughs> the, all the men stop. They look at me. Their eyes are huge. Their mouths are open. And I just <laughs> awkwardly start laughing and pacifying my arms. Like, I am humiliated at this point. And they start laughing and like, a wig. And then I had to say, Oh, I had cancer and whatever it may be. And you know, it was just, it was just awkward all the way around. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So you're a really, really honest person. <laughs> I, I try to be not that honest, but yeah, I didn't have control. It just but, came but out. Did you get the account? 
I did. I did get Yay! <laughs> It's okay then. <laughs> yes, right, right. Oh, all's well that ends well. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Maybe you have this thing too. I do not behave appropriately when I get compliments. It sends me for a tailspin. Like usually I'm very, you know, socially acceptable and I blend and, you know, I can chat people up or whatever and I usually know what to say. But I tell you, when somebody gives me a compliment, yeah. especially when it's not something I was expecting or there's like some backstory to what they're saying, I, I, I get awkward too. So I totally relate. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. <laughs> I know. I start laughing and I change the subject really quickly. Ugh. I usually respond by providing too much information. <laughs> <laughs> Just like me. <laughs> oh, so painful. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Oh, poor thing. <laughs> All right. Well, what is the next one? In the middle of chemo, I would typically go outside and go to the mailbox or go for a quick walk just to kind of get some fresh air. And the majority of my neighbors knew that I had cancer. I had beanies in like every color. And so I put on my little leopard beanie to stay on trend, of course. And I walk outside (laughs) and I see one of my neighbors and I'm chit-chatting with her. We're laughing. And then all of a sudden I have an older neighbor that's one house away from me. And she walks by and she goes, oh, honey, why on earth are you wearing that beanie? it is like a hundred degrees out here. And I'm, I, I look at her and same thing, vomit at the mouth. I'm like, well, I have cancer. And my neighbor that I was talking to previously was mortified. Like her mouth <laughs> dropped open. And then I realized what I had said and how awkward that made the other neighbor. It was just weird all around. Like I just threw a bomb at this poor lady. She, exactly. But, you know, people need to not make comments too. I mean, come on. You just don't need to be commenting on somebody wearing a beanie in the summer. If their head's cold, they're going to wear a beanie. So what? Exactly. Exactly. Yes, I see visible sweat coming down my face. I get it. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, so I kind of feel like when you lob a verbal bomb at someone, I mean, you didn't even mean to. It's just the first thing that came out of your mouth. But don't feel bad for her because she kind of had it coming if if she's going to be nosy like that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I can see that. <laughs> uh, so uncomfortable. That you and your original neighbor were probably just wanted to crawl under the closest rock because it's like, what? I don't want to have this interaction anymore. Get me out of here. <laughs> right? I felt so bad for my neighbor because she talked to her more than I did. And she was like, oh my gosh, Catherine, she was so mortified that she had came up to you and, you know, asked you that. And I was like, yeah. oh, well, you know, it is what it is. Like, I, there's nothing else I can say. Yeah, it isn't like you were being mean. You were just being blunt. It's just, like, oh, you yeah, want to know why I'm wearing a beanie? Out. I have cancer. <laughs> yeah, I have no hair. Uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Poor thing. Well, I am impressed that you were able to keep your life going during that time. You're my hero. That's that's completely amazing. No, thank you. So can you tell us a little bit more about your business? Oh, sure. Um, I originally started my business back in 2013, and the name of it is Nichols Virtual Sourcing. And pretty much what I do is I am, I guess what they call a headhunter. So mm-hmm. companies come to me or I go to them and we broker a deal to find you know top qualified candidates for their companies. And originally I started the business because I had my son, Roman, And I wanted to be at home with him doing all the things that first time moms do, but I still wanted to work. I've always had this thing where I have to work. I have to do for myself, even though my husband works very hard and he's successful in what he does. But since then, everything's just kind of snowballed. I mean, God's been looking after me. I have clients, everything's good, and I'm just overly blessed. Wow. Amazing. Do you have a quick life hack you think the listeners would enjoy? 
Mine would be, I prepare everything the night before. And I know some moms do that. I do lunches. I do my outfit. I do my kid's outfit. I make sure wow. the dog has his food for the next day. I'm that person that wakes up and makes their bed and cleans and mops and vacuums before I even walk my kid to school in the morning. I'm that annoying mom that has OCD issues. So that's me. That's my life hack. It makes me happy when my bed is made and things are clean. So I would just say if you clean, you're happy. I don't know. For me, anyways. Yeah. So you like to be prepared. When you go to bed, you know that there aren't going to be any wrenches thrown in the works in the morning. You know where everyone's shoes are. The lunches are packed. You know what you're Mm -hmm. cooking for breakfast. Yep. Sure. I wish I could, I wish I could be like that. You're my hero. <laughs> oh no. So my husband would be like, I'm good in that aspect. And then I fail completely when it comes to like laundry. I have like seven loads that are staring at me right now and it's driving me crazy. Oh, I I'm good at washing it. I'm terrible about folding it and putting it away. Oh, me too. And you know what? This is so interesting. I was talking to a swim mom years ago at who's an attorney and she works full time. And I was like, you seem so relaxed and happy and you work full time. And how are you pulling this off? Just all these kids have all these activities, just bonkers. And she said, I will tell you my favorite secret. I finally hired someone to come in and fold my laundry. That's amazing. She goes, I sat down, I analyzed where the bottleneck was, and I realized it's (laughs) folding the laundry. So she says, I have this lady who used to be a lunch lady at a school or something. She has a key to my house. She comes in once a week. I have all the laundry clean and ready for her. She folds it. She somehow categorizes it. I don't know how. And then when she gets home, she just puts it away. And it's like, she said, it's the biggest blessing. It's great. So I I think I just identifying those little bottlenecks in your life and trying to troubleshoot those is Mm-hmm. can alleviate so much stress, so much. Oh, yes, Amazing. definitely. Yeah. I could get behind that business. <laughs> Tell me what you have been loving lately that you think the listeners might love too. I love the History Chicks podcast. For those that love history, if you're a female and you, you like to learn about new things all the time, that would definitely be a podcast. They are two of the most witty podcasters. They're fantastic. I like that one. And then I like Four Things with Amy Brown. She is, I think, the co-host for Bobby Bones on the Bobby Bones Show. And so I listen to both of those simultaneously. And then right now I'm reading Shonda Rhimes' Year of Yes, which is the creator to Scandal and Grey's Anatomy and How to Get Away with Murder. And it is fantastic. I'm actually doing the audiobook and she actually herself reads the book and she does a phenomenal job. That's it's awesome. Very good. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh, those are such great recommendations. I actually just subscribed to History Chicks on my phone while you were saying that because I, I oh. I'm a podcast junkie myself and I'm a history flunky, but I don't like that I'm a history flunky. So I'm like, yes, and I love learning new things. I think that'll be perfect. They make for it me. fun for you too, so you'll like it. Oh, that's right up my alley. Yeah, awesome. Okay, I'm going to link to all that stuff in the show notes. I love it. I want to hear everything about your book now. Oh, my book. Tell us about your book. (laughs) Tell us about your process. Tell us about what it's going to be about, um, where you are in the process and all that stuff. Okay. Well, I am 20,000 words in and it actually blew my husband's mind the other day when he, when he goes, what are you doing over there? I go, I'm writing again. He goes, what are you writing this time? I go, I'm writing my book. He goes, well, what book is it? And it's pretty much, um, my life, like loosely based on my life. Um, I've gone through several deaths. I've lost several people in my life. Um, 
miscarriages, obviously cancer, just all kinds of different things. And, you know, I was like, I'm going to take it to paper. And so I just started writing one day and things were coming very, very easily. I was just writing last night. I want it to be around 60,000 words. So I'm currently in the process of doing that. I try to write a little bit every single day. And so... So is it a is it a memoir or is it a fiction, a fictional character, character loosely based on your life experiences or what? Yes, are you not the sure second. Yet? Second. Okay. Yeah. I don't... Uh, I, okay. It's one of those things where you don't want to offend people. And that's the funny thing about writing. Like there's... I'm writing about people in my life. And oh, if I sure. do it loosely enough, I can kind of skate uh-huh. by without, you know, getting, you know... Two people are (laughs) upset with me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I do. Totally. Okay. (laughs) Awesome. Well, it gives you so much more freedom too to create and to insert things that you think would have been funny had they happened. And I love it. Okay. Mm -hmm. How neat. Well, you'll have to keep me posted because I I have a newsletter that I send out monthly and I always update my listeners as to what's going on with previous guests. So um, anytime something noteworthy occurs, if you think of emailing me, that would be great because then I'll just uh, include it in my newsletter. Awesome. Sounds good. Tell the listeners where they can find you. So my website is www.nvsourcing.com. And if you go under there and under blog, you will see all the different things that I post about. Some of it's, you know, ovarian cancer, some of it's families, a lot of it's professional. So it just depends. Is there anything that you wish you would have related to the listeners that we didn't cover today? Maybe if they have any questions about ovarian cancer, the process or whatnot. I know on LinkedIn when I originally posted that, I actually got quite a few people that were commenting and direct messaging me. People were calling me and texting me. I've talked to numerous people going through their own bouts of cancer, family members that they know. And I'm an open book. So if any of your listeners want to reach out, they are more than welcome to. Awesome. Okay. And you would prefer them to contact you through your website? Um, They can contact me on my website through the email or they can connect with me on LinkedIn. Whatever is easier. My phone number is on both. Oh, wonderful. Okay. Well, I'll make sure I link to all that in the show notes, you guys, so that you can find Catherine. Oh my gosh. This was so much fun, Catherine. Thank you so much for being with me today and being so transparent and open and fun. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to the Fancy Free Podcast this week. Wasn't Catherine amazing? She's so inspiring, so strong. I was just fascinated by her story. Make sure to check out the show notes for today's episode at fancyfreepodcast.com slash episode 87 for all the links we discuss in the episode. We have some really fun, not really bonus episodes, but just episodes that I'm going to squeeze in on a Wednesday or a Thursday in the next couple of weeks. So don't miss those. Click the subscribe button so that all the new episodes pop into your feed each week. If you have a story to tell, email me at notfancy at fancyfreepodcast.com. And I would love it if you would follow the Fancy Free Podcast on Instagram and also Shelfie Shop Cozy Clothes on Instagram. I have opened my women's loungewear shop online. It has had an amazing response. We are almost sold out of certain styles and colors, and we will be receiving a restock batch in about six to eight weeks. But every item does have a email me when this item is back in stock button. So go over to shelfieshop.com. That's S-H-E-L-F-I-E-S-H-O-P-P-E.com and let me know which items that you want. If they're in stock, snatch them up. And if they're not in stock, 
Click the button so that you can be notified as soon as we receive more. And if you want more connection, laughter, and sharing, join us in the fancy free Facebook group. It is our own little private slice of the internet. We have so much fun over there. And the question of the week this week is, if you knew you could not fail, if failure was impossible, what would you do? Have a wonderful week. And remember, no one is as fancy as they look. <laughs>